Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. It is the 25th, the 25th of October. We are hurtling towards another festive season and I've just bought a big box of mince pies, Luke, and I'm unrepentant. Bring it on. I think you should be unrepentant. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, Pete, that is an excellent way to start this week's episodes of Luke Mm. and Pete Show. We need to know what brand you went for, what style you went for, and what they taste like. Uh, I bought Waitrose, and I went for the puff pastry variant of that particular. Because they get more complicated every year, don't they? They add extra things in. Sometimes they smoke the sugar, so it tastes all smoky. Tastes like lapsang souchon. Um, And yeah, it's it's all a bit of a it's all a bit of a dealer's choice. But I uh, went for the puff pastry ones because I just think they're lighter, less stodgy. Yeah. You go. So did you go Waitrose, or did you go full off the reservation Waitrose Heston Blumenthal? No, no, no. I, I haven't seen. Head, hide no hair of uh, is it hide not hair hide hide, hide no hair hide no hair I think hide no hair of uh, Heston I mean he doesn't have a lot of hair so you, no. you're never going to find a, a, a pube in your hide. food from, yeah. from him well, cause, because <laughs> I mean I believe Waitrose you know and God bless them they do God they do him. your their standard Waitrose mince pies mm. and they bring in the Heston Blumenthal's it over the top for the ones who yeah. say do you know what you're the kind of person who likes to go to Waitrose to shop. We don't think all of you are quite so boring, Kurt and Twitchy middle-class losers. One, some of you want to try something a little bit different. Here's Heston for you and his little baldy head. Here he here's is. Here's the smoky, smoky sugar. And yeah, it's it, going to be smoked it, sugar. It's going to be orange peel. It's going to be oh, you know, the powdered oh, no. skull of a man killed in war, dusting over the top. <laughs> uh, do you want him or do you just want the normal? And you've said, no, thanks. Just give me the puff pastry. Give me something a little bit lighter for the palate. Uh, so, Luke, what have you been doing this weekend? How, how have you been? You all right? I've been pretty good. Um, I what have I been doing? I went for dinner on Friday night. It was bloody nice. Um, I went. Uh, I did nothing on Saturday. I did a proper like nothing good. on Saturday. Saturday it feels good. Yeah, it feels really good. And then Sunday, I went to my niece's, uh, the niece I have access to's sixth birthday party, family birthday uh, party. Were you dressed as a clown? I wasn't, but she did try and paint the entirety of my face in glitter which yes. I then spent the rest of Sunday um, trying to remove uh, before I came to work today, which I think I managed to successfully do because no one's mentioned it. Right. Have you? Well, until now. Uh, have you, You're looking very glittery today, Luke. Have you ever sort of <laughs> turned up to a Christmas party, uh, speaking of mince pies, with, um, you know, when men with certain... Uh, like certain beards they decide to put like glitter in them yeah. and you, they decide to put like little baubles in them and stuff have you ever flirted with that kind of uh, revelry before no because my beard doesn't get that long it kind right. of it stays fairly close to my chins because it goes a bit bushy and a bit scraggly and a little bit um you know have, haven't had a wash for a long time so i can't really mm. do that the only person that's ever looked good on when they put the little mini baubles in and the glitter, is Jason Momoa. And I don't even know if he's done it, but if he <laughs> has done it, it would look good. No one Did else can see, get away with it. 
Did you see? I mean, he can get away with a lot of stuff. I just like the yeah. fact that he talks uh, quite wonderfully about uh, what it's like to train for something like Aquaman or Game of Thrones, mm. where he's he's like going, "Do I have to like get all muscular again?" <laughs> it's just sort of yeah. like the the rigors of actually maintaining that kind of body for for those kind of films is just insane. I, I there was a, there was a clip of um, I think one of the later uh, Sean Connery James Bonds, uh, and I think it was the one where he was uh, pretending to be Japanese, pretending to be a Japanese farmer, uh, oh, which geez. is fraught with danger and trouble and problems. But he uh, he just it's just a, like a, a man who's carrying a bit of timber, uh, and he's yeah. supposed to be James Bond. It was very enjoyable. Well, like, if you look at like the Roger Moore James Bonds, mm. I mean, he's basically just a fifty-year-old bloke. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally just a normal, quite posh fifty-year-old bloke. Like basically, Pete, if um, it, it would be like casting Richard Madeley mm. now as James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> they're so different, like they're so, and and I said to you, didn't I, when I when I saw um, No Time to Die, to mm. me, Craig, who, you know, who I don't mind, but it's just not Bond now. He's just too old. He's got bushy eyebrows and sort of larger ears and stuff, and it doesn't really work. But then you go and watch Live and Let Die, and it yeah. works perfectly fine in comparison. And, well, you think that that was probably what a, a spy would be like, you know, with his gadgets and stuff. He would be a man of, of, of old years, a man who's sort of able to blend in. But that's not really blo- what, blonde, what, what Blonde Bond What blonde bond is all about. <laughs> He's kind of a bit... And, and, and I just sort of think with, with, with Bond, like, if it was Richard Madeley, he'd just be shoplifted all the time. <laughs> 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 he He wouldn't get any spying done because he'd be running out of Tesco's with a bottle of... Also, too many questions. Too many questions. You <laughs> can't, you can't, you can't fade into the background if you're Richard Madeley as Bond. You do, no, because yeah, you're inquisitive. You're inquisitive all the time. It's not going to work. But I would say this: if, if if Bond was just about gadgets, which you kind of, sort of alluded to there, I mean, you could be mm. Bond. Well, maybe Richard. Maybe that's how Judy's um, top fell open. Uh, he, he had a button in his in his trousers. <laughs> he went. <"Bada!" laughs> Like a curtain. Can I just say there, because we're talking about Bond, I thought you were talking about Judy Dench, and I was like, what? I don't remember this happening. <laughs> Is it getting like, hot in P- here? Pete, um, Richard May doesn't speak like that. <laughs> it's not it's a bad little impression, is it? <laughs> um, uh, Pete, can I can I um bring into the bring to the table for the benefit hmm. of, of our listeners, but let's be honest, right. mostly for the benefit of yourself. Um the video I shared with you over the weekend about semiconducting microchips, um, hmm. did you enjoy it? I, uh, I I think I watched it when I was a little bit um, a couple of sheets to the wind, but I uh, I did enjoy it. It, it. It's basically just saying it's just basically explaining to the layperson um, how difficult it is to make stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's what I find fascinating about it. So for those listening, it was basically a fifteen to sixteen minute explainer from some very good um, tech YouTuber about mm. how microchips for mostly for kind of mobile phones, but for other computers as well um work and how they're Mm. made and the reason i found it interesting is because it's something that if you're me you take completely for granted but Mm. actually it's really fucking hard to make them there's only a couple of machines on the planet that can make them to the level they need to be made at and it's monopolized essentially by a you know one big company that if that went to shit I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say the world as we know it would probably change massively We'd be we'd be cracking up the, the level um, now. 
We'd be cracking out the old uh, Nokias, wouldn't we? We'd be sort of using our thirty-two tens again, I think. Yeah. We'd have what, to sort of, of live within they, our they're means. Not, they're not using the microchip, are they? They're just kind of, you know. Oh, well, there's probably just valves in there, isn't it? Probably valves and, <laughs> and membranes yeah, and power. steam. <laughs> you're, just, you're just blowing it. Um, yeah. But they got to the point now where microchips are so small and so advanced that the way that they're being made is they're firing, like, lasers at mm. liquid tin to make plasma or something to imprint upon the silicon board to make the right. chip. It's, it's absolutely that, baffling, mate. That seems very imprecise for me. <laughs> I'd, I'd expect spattering at that point. That, that's the thing about, like, like they call them, I think, dyes. I call them, they're like sort of processor dyes. And, mm-hmm. and on one kind of like CD-sized dye, you get, you know, I don't know, you know, 20 or 25 uh, individual processors. And that's for, like, the most advanced uh, CPUs in the world, the ones that go inside the computers and the servers that we use every single day. But the thing that gets me is there are some of those that don't pass muster. Like, I would assume that a chip either works or it doesn't work. You know, that every mm. single lane, every single um, every single kind of um, little little wire or, or, or vessel inside that uh, processor needs to be working and it needs to be doing something. Uh, and if it doesn't, everything dies. But there's a la- layer of redundancy. So it means that... Um, if not every single channel, every single lane works on that processor, the processor can still function, not to its greatest capabilities, not to as fast as it should be. And so there are kind of like B-grade, C-grade, D-grade processors uh, that come off these dies, uh, and then they go into like inferior products, and they get huh. sold for a little bit less. So they run just a little bit less. They can't be run at high speed, they can't be run at high uh, temperature, but they still work, which I think is amazing. So it goes in your microwave or something instead. Well, it'll still go in a PC. No, it'll still go in a PC, but it'll just be put into um, slightly inferior products. It'll be, you know, a, a B-grade uh, model of what it is, and it still works, and it's still um, you still get an in- in- insurance, not insurance, you still get like a warranty on it and stuff like that. I just find that sort of thing really, really interesting that they're able to sort of go, well, this isn't good for the best, but we'll sell it off a little bit cheaper, uh, and you'll get a bit of a bargain. <laughs> they're, they're doing, yeah, well, exactly, yeah, exactly. They're, they're doing it at such a high level now that those those chips have to, those top level chips have to be manufactured actually in a, in a, a, a purpose-created vacuum as well now. So the machine mm. first, the machine that makes them has to first be able to create a vacuum inside the machine for the, for the thing to be able to do its job. But speaking of inferior electrical products, <laughs> what's the hierarchy for home electronics? What do you think is the, the least respected home electronics item? Oh, I reckon. So it starts off your, your graphics card and your computer, or your television, something that processes images. Level. That's top level. Uh, yeah. Right down to um, smoke alarm, maybe a particularly complex. Um, yeah. I don't really respect my George Foreman grill. <laughs> well, what did that really have? Did that need microchips? Just no, to turn on, not, turn off, innit? I'm talking about electronic kind of items generally, electrical items generally in the house. The George mm. Foreman grill gets no respect from me, even though it does a very efficient job. And I've had it for like 10 years and it still works. Just because it is. It's so impossible. It's like basically cleaning a fucking a sea anemone. Like there's so many different little areas. Like it's like basically like cleaning, like cleaning absolutely clean. Otherwise, it stinks like an entire crocodile's back. Right. Okay. In in between every little sort of groove. But that, but do you not just let the, the 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 grease kind of roll off? Wasn't that the kind of the whole thing? It like the all grease work, kind of, Right. 
And then also you've got the dilemma about what you do with the fat that drips off because you need to, really you should be waiting for it to dry and then putting, using kitchen roll or something to get it, scoop it up and put it in the bin because you're not supposed Mm. to put it down the sink, right? And I understand that you shouldn't do that because it's terrible for the the environment and for the sewage system and everything. But I've got two cats and they love salty goodness. They will, (laughs) one of my cats I caught licking the salt cellar a while back. So I've then got to take this tray of fat, wait for it to dry, and then put it in the bin. But for order to wait for it to dry, I need to put That's it somewhere the cats the can't cats. get it. So I end up just putting it in a cupboard or something. And it's just a, it's just perverse. It just seems like a really weird... <laughs> and what I've done is I've created a load of processes around what I have to do if I want to cook a fucking sausage, rather yeah. than just put it in a frying pan and just get on with it. Yeah, I guess if you're, if you're in a situation where you're hiding lard around the house, yeah. you've got to take a look at yourself, really. Well, people would think of think think that of me, though, right? Secret, <laughs> la- secret lard boy. Hide it around your body. Uh, lay, lay, you sort of <laughs> put think, it in my pocket. Put it in your pocket. Um, but I mean, th- I, that's the aspect of cat ownership. I always kind of forget. They get fucking everywhere, and they can get oh, yeah. fucking everywhere. They can go to places oh, yeah. you can't go to. They've probably got They're stashes like of lard goats. around the house. Yeah, one one of my cats, um, when he knows he's got to go to the vet, he'll go up on top of the kitchen cabinets. <laughs> right? How does and he possibly fucking, know? Because he can only just squeeze... Well, because if you... One of them's really clever and the other one's really stupid. So right. if you get the cat carry cages out for the vets... Yes. If, if I put my hand within two feet of the cat carry uh, cat carry cage in the, the cat house... cat carry cage. One, yeah. One of the cats will leave the house and you won't see him for like a day, right? <laughs> the other one, you can bring it down, put it on the floor, open it, and he'll sometimes just get in it. Right, he's got yeah. a blanket in it. So like that's that's the that's the combination of stupidity you've got, and the one who's clever, he'll get up on the cabinets because he can only just squeeze up there, and he mm. knows that I can't get him. Right. Okay. And it's and then it becomes a kind of a war of attrition then because he he knows I also don't want him to shit up there, right? So he's got that in his locker, right? <laughs> he's quite fat, so it doesn't matter if he doesn't have food for a while. Yeah. Um, and he and he he is I mean because he's also not got a job. He's got no responsibilities, yeah. so he can sit up there for as. He looks at you as if to say, "We can do this all fucking day, mate. It's, I can do this like all day it, and all night." Sounds like Extinction Rebellion, Luke. You've invited Extinction bit. Rebellion, yeah. He, he did once glue himself to the kitchen floor. <laughs> he did with lard. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> but anyway, right, what's been? A, oh. I was just going to say before you before you take us to a break. I was just hmm. going to say. Um, Actually, do you know what? We'll wait, we'll wait till after the break because you, you yeah. shared something on the, on, the, on the group running order that mm-hmm. I don't understand, but I'm okay. going to wait until we have a break and then I'm going to ask you about it when we come back. Okay, then. Let's uh, do a break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Detective Aberline. Hearing you, Aberline. Go ahead. We've got the body of a male on Derwood Street, Whitechapel, just behind the tube, a Mark Allen Nichols. His throat has been cut, a stab wound below his shoulder blade, and, uh... Continue, please, detective. Yeah, she's, uh, she's cut off his knob and put his bollocks in the recycling bins. Stack presents a thrilling new audio fiction. She cut his throat, unbollocked the guy, and decocked him for good measure. The body of a man brutally murdered in Whitechapel was discovered this morning. That was Jackie's way. Evil, bloodthirsty, sexually explicit, and just, yeah, just bloody horrible, really. Step into the scene. Me, yours truly, moi, that's, uh, me, detect, lead detective, Freddie Abilene of Scotland Yard. There is a man next to us who has been brutally murdered and dismembered. We'll go and find his member then. Jesus Christ. Oh, but we've kept his AirPods in, I see. What's he listening to? Death metal? Zombie nation? Follow me as I hunt the most vicious serial killer known to man. Good Lord, she stuffed his eye sockets with his own bollocks. <laughs> Jackie the Ripper. The infamous Whitechapel murders retold by the makers of The Offensive. Available now on all podcast platforms. Sorry, Sally, I got your shoes. Ah, oh, it's my wagamama from earlier. Let's have a closer look. Looks like noodles. Nope, him. Jackie the Ripper. Hold on to your bollocks. And we're back. This is part two of the Monday edition of the Luke and Pete show. I do hope you're keeping well. Uh, Luke, you had a very important question you wanted to ask me about. Yeah, you shared a gif with me. Okay. Um, and it's on the running order, and it's of a, what looks like a human being trying to carry a bin out but falls over. <laughs> right. And I don't really get it. So this, I mean, kind of what we were talking about before with the processors uh, is quite interesting. So a man... As uh, oh, I can't watch it. I just watched it. I didn't want to watch it. Uh, a I, man... I can watch it because I don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's a man helping out another man with his um, computer. Uh, a man has taken right. his computer round to a friend's house to fix it, and the man has fixed it. He spent some time fixing it, and now it is back in uh, the, the 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 arms of the original owner of the PC. Now. Uh, he comes out of a, uh, a, a sort of um, a doorway and into the front yard of an American house. And he's carrying this very expensive gaming PC, you know, thousands of pounds. Right. And then he rolls his ankle, Luke. I saw that. His ankle goes and then he drops his PC <laughs> and it smashes everywhere. And I thought, <laughs> that that is... That's two of my worst nightmares. <laughs> in one, it won't In go. one. And I was like, yeah. wow, I wasn't expecting this to happen, but this is, I'm going to be thinking about that for weeks and weeks. A rolled ankle, 
not completely over. He, he, got, he, he restores him. He restores um, verticality, uh, and then he drops <laughs> his bloody PC. It's awful, Luke. It's awful. Yeah. And also, if you look really closely, there's a car in the driveway, and there's a driving instructor in that car. And there's your Holy Trinity right straight away for Pete Dawson. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I drove through uh, St. Albans yesterday and uh, I had to go across the London Colney Roundabout, which is the roundabout that I had to traverse on my test and in my driving lessons. Uh, and I fucked it. People were beeping at me. <laughs> so I've learned nothing. Is that, right? is that when you turn right to go to Radler, which is one of the most beautiful villages in the UK? Probably, yeah. That's that's the yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it it, it very underrated. There's no reason to be in Radler, I don't think. Oh, that, that was a, that was a rhetorical question. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No, there's no reason to be there, and that's why it's so beautiful. Because yeah. I've been I've been there for, for work before, and I've been a bit early. And I've just sat on a bench in the middle of a little square. Beautiful. Like yeah. it's, it looks like a postcard. It's amazing. I, I I can't imagine the type of people that live there. I'm going to say oh. busybodies. You've, um, you've never. They're probably having their smoked uh, sugar on their on their mince pies. Oh, big time! Big time! Big time! Big time. I, I am speaking of smashing something. I told you I was at my um, niece's uh, birthday party uh, yesterday, yeah. and my mum was in the kitchen at my sister's house helping out, uh, and she was just drying up a load of the the washing up that had been done, and just to get it out of the way and get it in the cupboards. And she had this massive mixing bowl, which I think had probably been used to bake a cake or whatever. Mm. And um, she was talking to my dad, and it slipped out of her hands. And if that if it had smashed on the floor, obviously that would have been problematic. They've got a couple of pets. They've got a six-year-old. They've got a six-month-old. Mm. You don't want glass on the floor. It's a nightmare. But she went one better than that because what she actually did was dropped it onto the open oven door, smashed oh, that. No. Went through that and smashed on the floor. So It went through the entire oven door? Yeah, because the oven door's big, right? Yeah. So it smashed it's, everywhere, it just went and the oven through. door was shattered. How heavy was this food? No, it was just a bowl. Oh, there's no food in it. It's just a nah. bowl. Wow, just a bowl. So it was. It was. Do you know what it looked like? God bless my mum. She's she's lovely. But it was like, it was an accident. Obviously, we cleaned it up. No harm done. You know, everyone's fine. That's the main mm. thing. We'll get it sorted. But it was like she had done the most amount of damage possible that she could have in such With a one small motion. Space. Yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. unbelievable. It was like it was like um, you know, the guy who who walks up to the um, to the to the you know, to the to the to the you know to the space shuttle and just taps <laughs> one of the tiles and the whole thing explodes. It was like that. It was unbelievable. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I want to hear about this man who tapped the tiles and smashed. No, I just made that up. The... I don't think that actually happened. <laughs> I just made that up. Okay, uh, cool. But but to put it in perspective, me and my brother-in-law spent I think an hour and a half cleaning it up. Yeah, and it wouldn't We're be big shards afternoon. of glass. It would be it's very small shards of glass. <laughs> oh, Absolutely dominated proceeding. What's the worst thing you've broken, Donaldson? I, I did one really bad once. I mm. um, this is this is bad. I was about ten, and I was in my mate Paul Button's back garden, and he got a new skateboard, right? Right. And his dad was a. Remember we talked about this with Karate Kid with Terry Silver and all that in the eighties and the ni- early nineties. There were like suburban dads who were like really into kung fu and like stuff. Yes, yeah. So yeah. he was one of them, and and he was hard. Like I'd mm. I, I I once saw him beat up another dad. He was tough, right? <laughs> Why? Um, huh? Why did he beat up the dad? The other I think dad? It was some some kind I don't know some kind of low level parking dispute probably. I can't remember. Dad beef. Um, yeah, not everyone's as well balanced as we are, Pete. Now living in London and being cosmopolitan, he was—he was just tough. Anyway, <laughs> he was also really into gardening, mm. 
and he had this massive, I guess what you'd call, like, um, is it an arboretum where they have all these little plants inside a big glass thing? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a massive circular arboretum. So it looked like an upturned bell, and it mm. was huge. Like, it's probably five feet in diameter. And it had all these beautiful, like, eastern exotic plants in it. Mm. And we're playing around the skateboard. You can see where this is going. And Paul said, oh, yeah, have a go on the skateboard. And I had a go on it, and I slipped off it, and the skateboard flew off at quite some pace to my left and just ploughed into the fucking arboretum, and oh, the whole no. thing smashed everywhere and so then obviously he was like pissed off because like his dad was going to have a go at him mm. and his dad wasn't going to be home from work for like a few hours and oh, like, oh the this is like absolute death row stuff <laughs> death row stuff so I had to go home speak to my mum my mum went around to see his mum before the dad got back she said oh don't worry about it it'll be fine it was just awful so I've got what I'm trying to say is in my family, it probably runs in the family, smashing glass things at inappropriate moments. But you must have smashed some stuff in your time. I, 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 you know what, Luke? I'm clumsy and I'm feckless and I'm an idiot, but I don't think I'm that smashy, you know. I'll, I'll total the odd wine glass, um, but I've never really... I can't remember the last time I smashed a pane of glass, not with, like, a football, not with a frisbee, nothing really. I don't think I've really sort of broken much at all in my life. I'm, I'm quite... Maybe I'm just quite aware and scared of glass. That's kind of my, uh, my thing. Yeah, but I kind of feel like that would be ho- you'd be you would be the person who'd be hyper aware of it, so then you would smash more of it. <laughs> Try to not face. I deserve this. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm. I I remember seeing uh, a lad smash uh, a glass, uh, a, a, a window uh, where we play football in uh, university, like just in just in the in, in the backyard, having a kick about, kick about, and he booted it and it smashed the window, and I, I find. The idea of having a smashed mirror, a smashed mirror, or a smashed pane of glass, to be, it, it, it does something in my head where I sort of go, "How are they going to fix that? How are yeah. they going to replace that glass?" Even though glazers, th- there's no pane of glass they couldn't re- replace. But I'm just, <laughs> it, it's so, it looks so important to the uh, integrity of the house or building that I'm looking at, yeah. I just cannot fathom how one could repair, replace a pane of glass where you've got to take bits of wood out, but put in there back in the day. But nowadays, I guess it's all kind of double double glazed and it's quite, it's a lot harder to smash. But I just, it, it stuff like that really, like, you know, you know when you walk down the, the, the high street and someone smashed uh, the front of a shop and that's really thick glass and it never truly breaks, yeah. it just shatters into a million pieces behind that yeah. kind of thick plastic they've got. And I just sort yeah. of go... That that is going to be so difficult and expensive to break to to to, to break out and then uh, and then replace and you'd have to cut the glass that you're replacing with to the exact same specification of the one that it's replacing. I find that stuff genuinely unfathomable. Magicians. I, I, I once I once was in um in a little town ta- town square kind of thing when I was a teenager mm. uh, and a, a drink had been taken and people mm. were just hanging around um, <laughs> and someone got a snooker ball. I don't know why they had it. I can't really right. remember. They must have stolen it from a pub or something, and threw it at someone else. Right. And you know, the, you know what a snooker ball kind of the, the kind of the integrity of a snooker ball, what it's made of, yeah. and everywhere around was obviously concrete. So it yeah. just bounced and bounced and but like it would bounce forever. Yeah. Know, yeah. Until it came to a stop somewhere, <laughs> and it bounced and it went smashing through a massive shop window. Oh dear. But it left a hole like that big. That was it. Yeah. The whole thing didn't smash. It just yeah. left a hole in it. And there's cracks <laughs> everywhere. 
and it didn't smash. But the alarm obviously started going off. So even yeah. though I hadn't done anything and there was nothing to do with it, we all just legged it. Yeah. Um, but it felt like the world's most exciting but also terrifying and serious thing. Yes, you know. I I, re- I remember when I was walking over the school field. You know, I used to walk over the school field, and there's two horses that used to chase me around to to go to yeah. school. Um, we're walking in behind uh, two or three lads uh, who were they must have been a few years older than us. They're probably about sixteen, seventeen. Um, and someone had parked their car in front of the horse's field. And this one lad just got up on top of the car and just started silently, wordlessly, just stamp, kicking the shit out of the car, Street Fighter 2 style, absolutely just destroying mm. it, smashing all the windows, kicking everything off. And then all the other lads joined in and they just they just did it. They didn't talk about it. They didn't sort of go, hey, let's do this. They weren't excited about it. They were just very systematically smashing up this car. And we fucking pegged it. We just, oh my God, what is going on here? Because yeah. we thought we'd be in trouble. And and I thought about that for like, I think 10 years afterwards that they were going to find me. <laughs> the, 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 Did you ever get an explainer as to what happened? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I had so many fantasies in my head that, you know, they'd wronged the kids somehow, but uh, they were just naughty kids, but who, who just kind of decided to set upon this Ford Fiesta one November night. Oh, that's quite bad, isn't it? <laughs> That's bad, that's bad crack, as my dad would say. Bad crack. It's quite bad. I mean, yeah. I, I can think of a mate of mine stealing another one of my mate's cars. It's actually his mum's car. Right. And uh, just driving it as fast as he could around the playing field, just doing massive donuts in it and stuff. <laughs> Which is bad. I mean, that's bad. That's like a naughty thing to do. At the time, yeah. it was absolutely hilarious. But it's, <laughs> it's bad. Um, anyway, bad. listen, mate, we've got to squeeze an email in because yes. we haven't done it yet. And, and this is a kind of... Um, a nice segue into it because yeah. of course we talked about dads we talked about um uh, bad behavior dads don't like bad behavior but they no. do like dad behavior yes. and luke from cardiff has emailed in with the following hello to you luke he says recently just moved into a new house and obviously called in the cavalry to help with that move brackets my semi-retired 61 year old dad he exhibited classic dad behavior during the entire trip which included the following one, hiring a transit van and demanding to drive it all day. That sounds quite good. That sounds handy. Yeah, handy. Uh, two, wearing cargo shorts during the whole, quote, operation. Yes, please. Uh, again, that's probably something I would do. Number three, bringing his set of 40, and I quote, high-end Allen keys. <laughs> That's the best part of the email, and it's the reason why it's in the running order, because the idea of someone having 40 high-end Allen keys, his words, not mine, uh, amuses me terribly. The the dad thinking about, like, really having a boner about his own Allen keys, (laughs) high-end. When you buy some furniture, they put the Allen keys in the box, don't they? They do, but they're always very. I've got, I've got one right in front of me, as you can, as you can see. I don't know what camera we're on. Uh, Yeah, there you go. Um, Oh yeah. I've I've, I've got my house is filled with them. They're not high-end though. No. Um, poor. The final two points uh, that Luke emails me about, uh, my dad also criticised my cabling methods, definite dad <laughs> stuff, and demanding a cup of tea and a sausage sandwich, Luke, that's okay, I mean, God. That's fine. He's Feed working for you for free, mate, all day. Yeah. Anyway, he says, my, da- my dad's dad behaviour led to a great discovery as well. We'd been in the new house for five minutes, he immediately headed to the garden to check out the shed situation and found an old Anderson shelter at the bottom of the garden. I could probably do something cool with it, but we'll probably just spend some ca- um, spend some time drinking some cans in there and point at it when people come round. Um, 
P.S. No interesting batteries. Sorry, guys. I just went and bought a load of IKEA AAs wholesale. All the best. Luke from Cardiff. And Anderson Shell is a great little bonus in the garden. Yeah, why do they call it Anderson Shelters? I mean, I presume some guy called Anderson designed it, but like a lot. I think, that's right, I think, yeah. I think my partner's uh, parents used to have one, but they got rid of it. I, I mean, it's it's a great little extra, and you should really know about that when you when you get a new house, no? Like that should be on the plan, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, mm. Sir John Anderson, the uh, chief in, in charge of air raid precautions during the Second World War. That's why. Ah, right. Um, you know, you know. Um, it could be on the plans, but it may not be. I suppose it kind of probably would be a permanent structure. So yeah, I don't know. It's difficult to say. Mm. But the fact that there was there was a couple of those down in um, near where I used to live. Um, because of course, if you had a garden and you had a big enough house or a basement or whatever, you could do your own thing. But a lot of those shelters were communal, right? So yes, there's a load of them. There's, there's a couple of them still survive. When I lived down where I was, where I'm from. Uh, at the bottom of the road and in, in the park, all that kind of stuff. Quite, quite haunting, really. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird kind of echo of of, of what once what was. The I, I never understood how protected you could get though, because it's just a, a basically a mound of dirt with a bit of corrugated iron on top. I mean, is that? I mean, that's not going to protect you from the actual um, impact, but it might protect you from some rubble or something as it bounces off. Well, I think I think some of them are made of concrete, but I, I, generally, right. I think a direct hit is curtains, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't wouldn't like to test that one out. Yeah, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think they're going for like as you say, like rubble and shrapnel and all that type right, of stuff. Yeah. I suppose. No, so, I know karate dad's not, um, protect not from something that. I'd like us to return to. <laughs> no, Peter. thank you. No, <laughs> it wouldn't be ideal. You need an I'd need an Anderson shelter if I broke your your gaming computer, wouldn't I? Oh yeah, if you, if you roll, I, and I wouldn't even care if you rolled your ankle. To be quite frank, I'd be like, "Why, Luke? I can see no conceivable reasons why you've got my computer, uh, and, I'm fuming, <laughs> and I'm fuming that you smashed it. Not that there's any glass in my my computer. I'm not a show off. I'm an introvert when it comes to my gaming, well, you can uh, have, giving stuff. You can have glass front, like glass panelled ones, can you? Yeah, glass panelled ones, blooming tubes with luminous liquid in them. It's all very show off for me. It's all very. Can I was you do watching a steampunk one. <laughs> yeah, oh mate, it's built for steampunk, isn't it? Tubes and cogs yeah. and stuff. I was yeah. watching this man doing a. Uh, he, he, he's a guy who's just obsessed with this one roller coaster out in like Bristol or somewhere, and he's a bloke who um, he he's gone on it. He's gone on the same wooden old school roller coaster for I think about like something like twenty years. So he's been on wooden. one one thousand five hundred times, I think. He, uh, he he's, he's had one thousand five hundred times, and he's trying to get to two thousand, and he's trying to beat the record or whatever. Uh, and he's on there every day, and and his whole thing, even though he knows every last part of the. The, the wooden roller coaster he loves. He puts his hands in the air um, to accentuate the, uh, the, the you know the, the the downs and the ups and the roller coaster uh, you know g forces. He puts his hand there. Yeah. He says it's not for showing off. It's not. For, I'm not saying look at me. It's because it accentuates how good the roller coaster is if you put your <laughs> arms up. So he's very much the uh, glass fronted gaming computer of roller coaster riders. He's not. Um... He's not later proven to be problematic or anything like that. He's just a lovely guy, likes his roller coaster, and that's it. Oh, and he just learned about him yesterday, so so he could okay. be. I don't what? know. No, but I, I quite like in it when people... Do you know what? It's honest. There's an honesty about that. This is what I'm into. It's yeah. like that Francis Bourgeois guy on um, TikTok and Instagram loves his trains. This yes. is what I'm into. There's no, nothing affected about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm bloody excited. My enthusiasm is going to be infectious to you and actually otherwise you know, brighten up your otherwise dull Sunday. I look at Francis Bourgeois, the great man, and I think, 
if everyone was as happy as him, the world would be a brilliant place. And it's probably the same as your roller coaster man. I completely agree. Except roller coaster man doesn't tape a 360 camera to his head and just puts the results on on YouTube, which is the I'm greatest part pity. of his his stuff. All right, then uh, let's get out of here, Luke. We've got some more Luke and Pete Shaw shenanigans uh, coming at you on Thursday. And uh, in the meantime, look after yourselves and send us an email for crying out loud. Hello at lukeandpeteshaw.com. Come on, we can't do this alone. <laughs> Show is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.